Hey, greetings to all the patriotic Americans. This is Colonel Allen West, and you're listening to Arms Room Radio. And stand at attention when I'm talking. Hey everyone, this is Mike from Arms Room Radio. Do you have a CERT SIRT laser training pistol? If you don't have a CERT laser training pistol from Next Level Training, then you're wrong and probably ISIS. But you don't have to take my word for it, but you better listen to what Major Bill has to say. This is Major Bill, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio. Do you want to get your daily trigger pulls in? The CERT laser training pistol is how you get your daily trigger pulls in. Get one now at nextleveltraining.com or you're just not a real American. That's nextleveltraining.com. Tell them the guys from Arms Room Radio sent you. America! It's Arms Room Radio, live from the Ideal Conceal Cell Phone Pistol Studios. With Mike, Kevin, and Earl, concealed carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear, and more. You'll get it all right here, and you can connect with the guys at armsroomradio.com. Tweet, message, email, snap, or mind meld with them right now. Arms Room Radio is on the air live, coast to coast, and around the world. Now, here's Mike. Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio, where we promise to bring you all things gun, all the gun time. My name is Mike. I am the uh, host of the program today. We are we are remote today. We are coming to you from the Georgia Carry event in uh, where this is uh, Helen, Georgia. We're here in Helen, Georgia. Which, if you've never been to Helen, Georgia, you heard us talking about it last week. It's this. Uh, it's like a German town in the middle of uh, you know northern Georgia. You know about again again about an hour hour and a half north of it, uh, Atlanta. And well, I guess depending on Atlanta traffic. Thank you. Uh, we could be you could be five hours from Atlanta, but it's about uh, about an hour and a half is your typical time to get here. Uh, it's the Unicoi State Park. State uh, you know they have campsites, everything here, and it's this conference center again out in the middle of nowhere. Never thought would drive all the way up here to get to uh, to get to the Georgia Carry event. It's, it's a beautiful place up here, uh, the event center in Helen, Georgia. Um, hey, listen, normally I would have with me my uh, my my diligent co-hosts uh, on the right. I would have the right hand man, the great 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 grand son of Daniel Boone, I'd please be welcoming back. His name is Earl. Talk to corporate, approve memos, lead a workshop, remember birthdays. And then on my left, I would have with me the courtroom assassin, the legal ninja, the maximum effort attorney, Kevin Maxwell. But they had things uh, arise this week, so it's, uh, it is I up here at Georgia Carey. Uh, and we were going to talk to you this week about... Uh, well, all things gun, all things uh, you know, gun gun related. Uh, you know, we're here at Georgia Carry. We're going to get them on the program with us. You're going to you're going to be able to hear them, talk to them. Uh, we got some product reviews we're going to throw in. We may uh, may throw in a a best of segment or two somewhere along the way from uh, you know for some of our greatest hits. So we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, hey, you know, this week has been a busy busy uh, week in the world of uh, fighting for gun rights. You know, we've had these shootings out in. Well, it started at uh, you know the Garlic Festival, which we uh, we were able to report to you on because of uh, the way the timing worked out. Then obviously we've had the shootings in El Paso and in Dayton. Uh, I wanted to give to you uh, you know some, some tips as we're starting off. We're talking about guns. Uh, we are our Second Amendment conservative you know gun show, and we want to uh, promote guns and gun safeties and and, and as well as uh, you know Second Amendment rights. So I wanted to give you some things that uh, that we got from. Uh, our good friend uh, Sheriff Wayne Ivey over in the Brevard County Sheriff's Office in Florida. That's a uh, Cocoa Beach, Melbourne. The, for those of you uh, that are not familiar with how the Florida County system 
works because you tell me the name of a county in Oklahoma, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm out, but I know where the cities are. So uh, that's where that's where Sheriff Wayne is. Uh, you've heard the run, hide, tell, run, hide, fight. Uh, you even hear on this program here, the commercials in between, if you see something, say something. Well, that's not enough. Uh, you know, run, hide, tell, run, hide, fight. Might as well be run, hide, die, you know, as far as I'm concerned. You've, you've heard us say that here before. So we want to give you what Sheriff Ivy has put out. Uh, and this is this is great. He's, he's put this together from a number of sources. And, and this is being pushed out and around the country. It's, it's the four A's. The four A's. And I'm going to go into them here. We've got a couple minutes left. Awareness, avoidance, arm, and attack. Just, just like that. Awareness, avoidance, arm, and attack. What's awareness? Okay, well, we all know what awareness is. It's you know knowing your surroundings, knowing everything around you. I'll tell you what we do, and we, and we talk to you about it all the time here. We play the what-if game. No matter where we go, no matter what uh, you know, restaurant, uh, you know, driving, uh, you know, no matter where we happen to be, the game is called what-if. Uh, if we're going into the 7-Eleven, if I'm at a movie theater, you know, convenience store, play the game what-if. Mike, what's the what-if game? What-if is... What if some bad guy comes through that door with a gun right now? What if somebody came through that door with a knife right now? How would you react? What would your reaction be if I'm standing in the place that I'm standing right now? And what if this happens? You play that what if game enough. You always play that what if game to the point where if it ever, you're unfortunate enough to have it happen to you, have the bad scenario happen to you, guess what? You've played the what if game so many times in your head that it's now just a natural reaction. You're not trying to figure out what your thoughts are, what, what your, your, your tactics are going to be. You already know what, what you're going to do. Second one, avoidance. Okay, once you get to awareness, and through awareness, you're like, okay, what if something bad were happening here? And, and if your answer is, there's really no way out of this, the best scenario out of this is this, but this is still bad all the way around, you want to put that one on your avoidance list, okay? Uh, you know, you don't, you don't run into a, a burning building, except for you know the fire fire guys doing their job, uh, but you know you don't, why would you go in there? You know you're going to get burnt, so you don't go in there. You don't go to places where you know crimes are high, where where you know there's robberies, where there's you know high you know car accidents. You know why are you going to run down a drive down a horrible street when you know that there's car wrecks and everything going on there? Like rush hour, you don't go on, you stay away from rush hour if you can, right? You avoid it. Why? It's pain in the butt, and you know something bad's going to happen. All right, so that's avoidance. If you find yourself in one of these situations where it starts, where one of these active shooting scenarios starts. Avoidance means being quiet as well, all right? You wanna turn off the lights in the room that you're in, you wanna silence any cell phones, uh, and, and at this point, you're, prepare, you're, being, you're preparing yourself for the attack. You know, if you, you know there's a shooting going on, you're in the building, you can't get out, the bad guy's between you and the door, you wanna, wanna find a method if possible, remember your awareness. But avoidance is what you want to try and do at this point. You're trying to stay out of the line of fire. But you're preparing yourself. You're arming yourself. If you have your concealed weapons permit, if you have a carry permit, you should be carrying that thing everywhere. You hear us say it all the time. Don't be caught dead in a gun-free zone. All right? You know, listen, I, as far as I'm concerned, I can carry everywhere until I'm caught, right? Mm -hmm. uh, don't get caught, folks. Don't, don't, don't break the law. I'll tell you that right now. The, you have to be able to arm yourself. Have it with your firearm. Have it with you. If you don't, do you know where there's, uh, you know, as a big building, is there, is there a fireman's axe? Is there a table leg? Is there a baseball bat? What can you do? What can you do to increase your odds knowing that this is coming? And then finally is attack. 
when you attack, you attack and you fight like your life depends on it because it does. Others are already probably dying and waiting for you to do something. If you decide you're just going to sit there and you're going to protect yourself and you protect your family, that's wonderful. But if you're going to, if you decide you're going to fight, you have to commit 100%. This can't be, I'm going to go up and pull some movie punch in his face and knock the gun out of his hands and take care of it. You know, just, just, just stop. Just stop. You have to commit to it. So if you're going to do this, you'd have to do it correctly. Do it all the way, 100%. Let's go over one more time. Awareness, avoidance, arm, and attack. Awareness, avoidance, arm, and attack. Uh, again, hey, we're coming to you from the uh, Georgia Carry event, and I have to thank our, our, our wonderful friends over at Splitter Customs. That's splittercustoms.com. Go to Splitter Customs. It's the premier coatings center for your firearms. They do everything, too. They do car tires, motorcycle helmets, whatever you want. But firearms are their specialty. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're listening to us up there in the uh, Pacific Northwest uh, or if you're listening to us up in Maine, you can drop it in the mail, send it to these guys. If you're in Central Florida, you can take it right over to them. Go to splittercustoms.com. Com, splittercustoms.com. I, you know what I got done there? They they did a um, they did a Sig pistol, one of the Sig pistols, not one of the, the one of the older ones, not one of the, the self shooting ones. Uh, Sig pistol, and they painted it up like uh, a P fifty one Mustang. It's crazy. It's amazing what what the kind of work these guys do. Uh, hey, we got uh, plenty of program coming up for you today from the uh, Georgia Carry Convention. So uh, you know, stick around. We will be uh, we'll be back after the break, and uh, I, I don't know. We'll see who it's going to be. The Kel-Tec Sub-2000 semi-automatic rifle is sure to arouse your curiosity, not just because it's foldable and adjustable, but because it can take most popular handgun magazines. So in that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, curiosity turns to pure adrenaline. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of GunTech USA. GunTech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, GunTech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, handguards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA. Defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Boundary Oak Distillery. Do you love bourbon? Boundary Oak Distillery. Do you love whiskey? Boundary Oak Distillery. Do you love America? Boundary Oak Distillery. Then you'll love Boundary Oak Distillery. With names like Patton Armored Diesel, Sinful 69, and Lincoln Straight Bourbon, you can't go wrong. Boundary Oak Distillery. Located in the hills of central Kentucky, Boundary Oak Distillery is the first licensed distillery in Hardin County since Prohibition. Boundary Oak Distillery. 
Boundary Oak Distillery is a proud supporter of military service members and their families. Boundary Oak Distillery. Learn more today about Boundary Oak Distillery and where you can get some at BoundaryOakDistillery.com. That's BoundaryOakDistillery.com. Boundary Oak Distillery. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says, we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday Night Special, or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, we have the right of choice. We have the right to read books others don't like. We have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. We have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you, you don't need something, tell them. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so that this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425-454-7012. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Ideal Concealed Cell Phone Pistol Studios. If you want to talk to the guys, go to armsroomradio.com and find out how. Arms Room Radio is on the air live, coast to coast and around the world. Now, here's Mike. The following segment of Arms Room Radio is brought to you by Boundary Oak Distillery. Do you like bourbon? Do you like America? Then you'll like Boundary Oak Distillery. Go to BoundaryOakDistillery.com to learn more. Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Ideal Conceal Cell Phone Pistol Studios. We are uh, we're coming to you from the Georgia Carry Convention this year. Uh, you heard me tell you last segment. We're uh, Georgia Carry up in Helen, Georgia. It's Helen, Georgia. It's, it's this German town in the middle of Georgia. It's ridiculous. It's a great place. And then we're here at the, uh, the Unicoi State Park and Conference Center, which is also an incredible place. So make sure you check them out. Uh, hey, we're up here this week. Thanks to our friends from Splitter Customs at SplitterCustoms.com. SplitterCustoms.com. It's uh, Central Florida's premier custom coating specialist. But hey, you know what? You're not in Central Florida. It's okay. They got uh, they got the, the UPS, the FedEx, the Postal Service. All that stuff brings them in and out. These guys are a licensed firearms dealer, so you can uh, you can mail your guns to them from uh, from across the country. Uh, great stuff. Check them out at SplitterCustoms.com. Hey, the first victim we uh, we were able to grab today for the program uh, is is an old friend, uh, Bruce. Bruce is the recruiting director for uh, Georgia Carey. Uh, Bruce, I think it's the first time we've had you on the program. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, tell us, uh, tell us about, a little bit about uh, Georgia Carey, how long it's been around, uh, and, and, and how your membership has grown over the years. Yep. Georgia Carey was established in 2007 by a group of guys who realized the Georgia laws were not up to snuff. Okay. We were actually one of the most restrictive states in the country. Yeah, which is amazing when you think about it. Georgia, you know, it's a good old boy. Everybody's got a shotgun in the back of the truck yep. kind of thing. Well, and the problem dated back about 140 years. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. We had on the books a public gathering law Okay. that was established right after the Camilla Massacre back in 1868 Okay. to try to protect certain groups of people from other groups of people. Yeah, yeah. You picking up what he's putting down, folks? Uh, what he's talking about? The old Jim Crow laws. That's how to, what how, to, how to oppress... Uh, Blacks and African Americans after the Civil War. 
Yep, but after 140 years, most people didn't remember what its original purpose right. was. Yeah, it's gone. Who, 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 who can remember that? Yeah. Right. So we enforced it unilaterally. Right. Right. Which should be a good thing for a law. Unfortunately, it kept most of us disarmed in most places most of the time. Which is hard. Again, you're thinking about Georgia. You know, and you think right. Georgia, and, and you know, listen, you go back to uh, you know, 11 years ago is when you started this. Uh, that folks, so so think. Uh, I don't want to call it out, but like a uh, you know. 9-11, even around 9-11, you know, mm -hmm. we did, you did not have those rights. You couldn't go places. So right. I, I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but go right No, no. Um, the biggest problem with the law was that it said that you could not carry while traveling to or at a public gathering. Well, the traveling to was a huge problem. Sure. Because one of the other pieces of the law allowed the chief law enforcement officer right. to declare nearly anything a public gathering. Yeah, yeah. One of those uh, three or more kind of deals. Yeah. If you were on your way to, let's say, the state fair. Right. And they decided it was going to be a public gathering. You're already a criminal, yeah, because you were traveling too. Yeah, and, and you have no idea, right? You have no idea. So early on, uh, and actually, it was in 2010. Um, one of the things that Georgia Carey worked on was right. working to repeal that law. And once that was done, right. that opened up all kinds of places in the state of Georgia right. that we could carry, including things like state parks. Yeah, right. Exactly right. Where, we, where we're sitting right now, uh, 10, 10 years ago, couldn't have, wouldn't have been able to carry here. Not at all. Uh, that's 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 ridiculous. Um, George Carey, you're, you're, you started off with it's a it's a it was a couple of guys that got around. Correct. Um, let's talk grassroots. How does this start? How does Georgia Carey start? It was literally a couple of guys sitting around saying, in the back, of, yeah, in the back of a Shoney's. Right. Right. Um, realizing that the laws really needed work, so they took it upon themselves to get started and do something constructive to make our rights better. So with their own money, they went ahead and filed some lawsuits. Right and started the wheels rolling. Over time, they started learning all the folks in the legislature, right. getting to know everybody and making sure they were well known. Right. Once that starts and begins to snowball, and you start adding some members. That's it. I mean, it takes. this is from uh, 11 years ago to not being in existence to, and, and we're talking four or five years ago now, being one of the top grassroots organizations in the country. So in the course of five or six years, we, you guys were there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, by 2010, we were a force to be reckoned with right. in the legislature. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, so, folks, if you're sitting around, you, you know, you're, you're sitting out there in Pacific Northwest, you're in Maine. We made the comments a couple of minutes ago. Uh, and, and, you know, what can I do? What can I do? Well, you can always call your congressman. You can always call your senators and all of that. But listen, this is an option for you. It, it, it happens. Well, and, and the thing most people don't realize or they don't think about, the laws that govern your right to carry. Right. are not made by Congress. Right. They're made in your home state. Correct. So that's where you need to start. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly right. All those, uh, all the gun laws are local gun laws. You know, you get to get some weird federal stuff that we can all fight up with together, but that, you know, then we all just band together. All the organizations right. band together to do that, you know, under uh, our good friends there at uh, Second Amendment Foundation. So, exactly. Um, what do you do as a recruiting director? Well, I, I know what you do at the show. You, mm -hmm. uh, you, you take uh, renewals and uh, new applicants and give well, them the paperwork and here's your ID card. And I make sure that the, the, jokes, the other folks. recruiting right. coordinators who okay. do the gun shows in other parts of the states okay. um, are actually well supplied, okay. well regulated, right. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> with buttons and pads and right. all the good stuff, right. and help them find other venues. Right. All right, because gun shows are great, right. but we only reach a small segment of the folks. True. Very true. When we get out to the local fairs and festivals like Cherry Blossom Festival oh, yeah, yeah. or things like the Hogansville Hummingbird Festival, which okay. you wouldn't really think of seeing us there, um, that's when we reach 
all kinds of folks okay. um, that are interested right. and are considering, okay, so what can I do to protect myself, my family, and my community? Right. Yeah. And that increases our, our control and our, our strength right. with right. the legislature. Yeah, this, and this is not um, $1,000 a year or anything. This is a, you know, a nice, little, you know, simple little fee uh, that's, that's, that's very reasonable. Um, and I, I mean, I do mine every year here at the convention, you know, re-up every year at the convention because we always do it about the same weekend every year. Right. So it's, uh, it's, it's easy for me to do. Uh, what's the membership at now? What, where, where are you? In, in, um, in it's, we're remembering that it started with six guys in the back of a show. Um, we've gone to several thousand yeah. um, over the last few years. Now it goes up and down a little bit as things, you know, change. Right. People get lazy. They don't think about oh, it. Oh, sure. Yeah. But we've maintained several thousand yeah. members. And it doesn't take a lot. Right. It takes people who are willing to pick up the phone or hop on the keyboard yeah. when the call goes out. Right. So when we're starting to work with the legislature and we see a bill starting to move, good or bad, right. email out to our membership results in significant communication to our legislators, yeah, right. which they then have to listen to because that's their constituents. Exactly, yeah. Those are votes. Yeah. Yeah, they have to. Now, this is this is a little different. Like when you join one of these grassroots state organizations, um, this is not a, a legal rights. This is not a, you, know, the, you know. There's there's other organizations for that, and you right. work with a couple of them also for for your members. But this is the front end. This is correct. You know, like you said, moving to the state capitol, getting the laws changed. You know, per, you know, even on the local level, mm -hmm. um, you've got uh, Georgia's another state with great preemption laws. Correct. And if a local jurisdiction decides. You know, they want to step on that. That is something you guys do on the back end. We've had a few of those. Yep. Yeah, um, a good friend of mine says that Georgia Carey does three things. Okay. We legislate. Right. We litigate. Right. And we educate. That's perfect. That's perfect. I, exactly. think, uh, I think a lot of people that heard, heard that are going to be stealing that. Yeah. Because that's, that's, that's great. Yeah. But the litigation is the part that most people don't think about right. because it takes so long sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But we have made, we have had to protect the rights that we have gotten changed in the legislature. Right. From cities, counties, towns, we see it all over the place. Listen, the big one that's going on right now is in uh, is in Pittsburgh. You know, yeah. we uh, we we know you got a state law, but we're we're going to change that. We're going to have yeah. our own ban here that says and, and have our own firearms laws. Right. You know, it, and it's a uh, it's it's crazy, and, and they're going to do it. Um, a couple couple moments left. What yeah. what about the education? Tell me about the education well, that you I guys mean, do. At every gun show or every event we do, right. there are always people who don't understand the current gun laws. Right. So we work with them right. to make sure that they understand the current gun laws right. to make sure they're legal and then how they can help themselves and us to change the laws to make it even better. We met a guy here yesterday who was a, a gun carrying member of a, you know, a Georgia firearms owner and he had a, he carries his firearm around. We talked mm -hmm. to him and he ended up be, be signing up and becoming a member yesterday. But he said, well, yeah, I don't carry there because it's a public gathering place. Right. Exactly that. This is a law that's how, how, how far gone now? Uh, we, we had it repealed in 2010. Yeah. So, okay? nine, so it's nine, nine years, years gone. Yeah. And we still have people who think it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. We have police officers who still think yeah. it's there. Yeah. Yeah. And this wasn't a guy that you know, was on the periphery of firearms. This is right. a guy who's carrying. Right. And he said, he said to us, well, it's in the truck because it's a public gathering place. Right. <laughs> and that's what we do. We yeah. educate them so that they yeah. understand where and when they can carry. Right. Exactly right. Um, Bruce, thanks for joining us. What's the, it's, it's georgiacarry.com. www.georgiacarry.org. .org, thank you. Correct. Uh, and you can, yeah, you can become a member. Go right Lots on there. Lots of good information. Sign up online. Listen, if you're not a resident of Georgia, I'm not. Folks, you know that. I'm a member of Georgia Carry. 
because what happens in Georgia goes to the states around it. And guess where my state is? Right next to it. Yeah. You know, help help Georgia, and you'll help yourself. You listen to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Ideal Concealed Cell Phone Pistol Studios. We'll see you after the break. Hi, this is Mike, and I'm a satisfied client. Do you have an emergency at 2 a.m. and need a lawyer? Max Law Orlando. Pop for DUI? Max Law Orlando. Custody issues? Max Law Orlando. Time for a divorce? Max Law Orlando. Do you provide a product or service but can't afford a lawyer? Max Law Orlando. Do you have a full-service law firm on speed dial? Max Law Orlando. Then these guys can make you a deal. Check them out at MaxLawOrlando.com for all your legal needs. This commercial has been paid for by The Arms Room. Make your tactical rifle tactical and accessorize it with the latest gear from GunTech USA. Family-owned and operated GunTech USA manufactures tactical accessories for AR-15 and AR-308 platform-style rifles. For nearly three decades, GunTech USA has been producing the finest quality accessories for American shooting sports' favorite rifles. Choose GunTech USA for pistol grips, flash hiders, tactical scope mounts, slings, compensators, iron sights, and more. Keep your AR rifle cool under fire with GunTech USA's new free-floating handguards. To locate a dealer near you or to check out their vast selection of parts, accessories, and gun tech swag. Visit GUNTECUSA.com. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or have it done, make your tactical rifle tactical. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech USA, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment, the National Rifle Association, and the Wounded Warrior Project. Online at GUNTECUSA.com. GunTech USA, defining tactical excellence for 27 years and counting. Hi, this is Mike, and I'm a satisfied client. Self-defense issues? Max Law Orlando. Car crash or personal injury? Max Law Orlando. Does your business have a lawyer of record? Max Law Orlando. Gun problems? Max Law Orlando. Do you provide a product or service but can't afford a lawyer? Max Law Orlando. Do you have a full-service law firm on speed dial? Max Law Orlando. Then these guys can make you a deal. Check them out at MaxLawOrlando.com for all your legal needs. This commercial has been paid for by The Arms Room. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Ideal Concealed Cell Phone Pistol Studios. If you want to talk to the guys, go to armsroomradio.com and find out how. Arms Room Radio is on the air live, coast to coast and around the world. Now, here's Earl. This segment of Arms Room Radio is brought to you by GunTech USA. For tactical excellence, check them out online at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Ideal Concealed Mobile Cell Phone Pistol Studios. We are in uh, Helen, Georgia this, uh, this weekend at the Georgia Carry Convention. Uh, and again, I want to thank our good friends from Splitter Customs for, uh, for sponsoring our travel this weekend. We are, uh, we are here because of their kind and good graces. Uh, so SplitterCustoms.com, check them out for your premier firearms coating specialist for whatever you may need. Hey, our, our next guest uh, is first time back on the program. Excuse me, first time on the program with us, and uh, it's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to a intelligent, uh, you know, a dialogue back and forth conversation. I always have a good time when I talk to him. Please welcome uh, to the program Martin Cohen. I'm messing with you. It's uh, we just had a long conversation about how to pronounce his name. Martin Cowan is for, uh, running for Congress in the 
Georgia here to District 13, U.S. House of Representatives, Georgia District 13. Martin, welcome to the program. Thank you, Mike. I'm so happy to be here on this great day in Helen, Georgia. Isn't this place wonderful? Now, listen, I know you're, you're from up here in Georgia or you live here in Georgia. I didn't know about Helen, Georgia. Didn't know they had this Germantown here. It's fantastic. I mean, there's so many great things to do in Helen. One of the best things to do is to go down the Chattahoochee River. At this level, at this point of the river, it's, it's only ankle deep. Right. But you can rent a, 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 ra a tube for about $5 and take a two-hour lovely ride down, down the river. And it's just one of the best things on earth and the cheapest things on earth to yeah, do. Yeah. Great for the family. Uh, it is amazing. I did when, we, when, I, when I drove in. Uh, Went over the, coming over the river there, and you look down in the river, and there's people with these big pink rafts or pink uh, inner tubes going down the river, and you're like, "Well, that's a real river. Uh, we can't do that in Florida. You you, you bump into you know you know things that go bitey bitey, you know, and then you would it's not so well." Well, speaking of bitey bitey, I've been at that very spot, and there's a a restaurant called the Troll Restaurant, and uh, we once saw a bear walking down <laughs> uh, the bed of that river, wow. and then uh, jump out on the other side and run across the parking lot. So you know there are. I guess black bears or brown bears, whatever they yeah, have up right, there, right. Uh, all over the place. This is uh, bear country. Yeah, well, yeah, I'd, I think a bear, I think I take a bear at the water before I take the gator in the water. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. The gators go bitey, bitey. Um, so let's talk Georgia Carey for a moment. We're here at the convention. Uh, how long have you been, uh, been a, a member of Georgia Carey? I think I've been a member for three years, and I, I can tell you I've been to the con convention since, I think, 2016. Okay. And they are great conventions. Yeah. I really, really enjoy right. uh, being with the Georgia Carey. Uh, it's funny. I go to a lot of, as a libertarian, I go to a lot of gun shows and right. gun things. And the welcome that a libertarian receives at a, at a, at a gun environment is right. just perfect. Right. All right. Let's talk about that. You're a, you're a member of the Libertarian Party, running on their libertarian ticket. What's the difference between a libertarian? Everybody hears libertarians, but they probably don't even know what a Democrat and Republican is for the most part. But what is, what is the foundation of, of being a libertarian? Well, libertarians like to say, they say the NAP, N-A-P, which is the non-aggression principle. Right. And the shortest way to describe libertarian is that we don't take people's stuff and we don't hurt people. Two things, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. That's libertarianism in a nutshell. That, that's it. Um, and like you said, it's, uh, it's very good. It goes along with the Second Amendment community, the gun community. You're, you're a proud, strong Second Amendment supporter, and that's, for the most part, what you see in the Libertarian Party. Yeah, you know, I've been telling the uh, people that come to my table, I'm tabling up here at the convention today, as I have done in, in past years, uh, and I'm telling them that the Libertarian Party f fights h harder for the Second Amendment than does Georgia Carey. Now, I'm saying that with a little bit of, <laughs> right, uh, right. you know, poking them a little bit, but it's, yeah. it's true. We yeah. are the strongest uh, party for Second Amendment rights in the country, bar none. Yeah. I mean, the Democrats are hopeless. The Republicans are getting wobbly right now. Uh, the Libertarians are the party of the Second Amendment. And it's it's absolutely true, and it, and it's in its basic form, and it's in its in its raw form. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we we believe in the Second Amendment, and then there's nothing else. You know, there's nothing else to say right. after the Second Amendment. That's it. Yeah, it, it's there's your rule, <laughs> there's your law. That's 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 all you need. Uh, when is the uh, What's the next step here running for, running for office? You're, you're, you've got, uh, when, when, are we, when are we hitting primaries? When are we hitting election up here in Georgia? Because, again, I'm not a Georgia resident, so I don't follow all of those. Right. Well, I, uh, this is my second time running for Congress. Uh, I ran in 2016. I didn't win. I'm not in Congress. Uh, <laughs> but I'm running again in 2018. And uh, so November the 3rd, 2020 is the when, when my Georgia 13 okay. uh, voters can vote for me. Okay. There you go. All right. So we got uh, just over a year to go. 
Yeah, just over a year to go. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm starting a little bit heavier campaigning right, right now. I mean, obviously you, you slack off a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I have events three weeks in a row here. I'm going to Washington D.C. to oh, actually yeah. to a Ron Paul oh, okay. uh, event uh, in right. next week or the following week, and I'm really looking forward to that. I, mean, I want to touch the the hem of the garment of uh, Ron Paul, one of the great nice. libertarians yep. in the country. Yep. Let, let's talk about. Um, some of the rules, some of the ethics, some of the ethos that you want to bring. You, you, have, you have your own policy. Right. Well, there's something that I'm bringing up here to uh, George and Kerry. I've, I've, and what I, everybody's concerned about the shootings, these, yes. these yep. public shootings. It's, it's a terrible thing. And what the Republicans and the Democrats want to do uh, will have no impact whatsoever on shootings. And so I've come up with a policy which I call one in ten. Right. One in ten. And so the idea is that one in ten people in a, any public setting will be a, con, a concealed carry person. And the way you get to this one in ten is by a local sheriff interviewing people and finding people that are over 30, are mentally and physically healthy, don't have prior criminal histories, uh, and agree when they go out in public will, will carry concealed. Now, what they get is they're not going to be paid. They have their own weapons. They're going to maintain their own weapons. Right, right. The only, the only thing um, that they have to do is promise to, to, to carry. They have to carry. They have, yeah, to, carry. They have to carry. And yeah. they're not paid. It's right. just a volunteer thing. Right. And the hope is is that at some when you get enough of these people, you're going to have a density of uh, uh, armed citizens in all public situations so that any would-be shooter, whenever he walks into a theater or whatever, he knows one in ten of those people is going to shoot back at me very right. quickly. One other point on this. We also need to pass a law which says that People have the right to say, my house, my business is a gun-free zone. Yeah. I don't have any objection to that because property rights is the root of the Constitution Correct. and is the root of uh, libertarianism. But the law should say, if you say I'm a no-gun-free no zone, then you take the responsibility for the defense of those people who come on your property, yeah. and if they get shot, you're liable, yeah. absolutely liable. Yeah. And I think that'll change the environment. There will not be so many gun-free gun zones. If you make that the law, if you make that the law, then the insurance companies have to get on board with it also, because you have, you know, if they have a, again, if it's a private place or if it's a it's a local government, uh, and they say no firearms, well then you have to provide security for them. If you don't provide security for them and something happens, then they become liable, you know, uh, legally liable, and then the insurance companies have to get involved. It's just as if, you know, uh, pick a pick a car company started making cars without without uh, seat belts in them. You know, we're just going to take them out. We're not going to have them in anymore. When somebody gets hurt because you didn't provide the security, you took away. You did not just provide. You took away. Well, then the insurance companies get involved. I think once you get the insurance companies involved in this, that starts to stick. That starts to get legs. Yeah, absolutely. If, people, if fi people's financial interests are at stake, yep. they're going to stop trying to be politically correct yep. and say no, gun, no guns here. I mean, it's the stupidest thing in the world to think that a, a sign that says no guns is going to keep away somebody, a would-be killer who wants to kill 30 people. Right. I mean, it's ins insane for property owners to think that's going to work somehow. Yeah, yeah. I that's, just can't get it. Yep. They don't, they, don't, they don't have their heads on straight. Right, right, exactly right. Make them liable. Listen, if somebody gets hurt on their property, uh, then, you know, their insurance can't cover because their insurance company gets to say, no, you took away, you took away the safeties. You took away the safety, so you're going to pay out of your pocket. Insurance is not covering it. Right. One of the, the, I think the bigger problem is, is that people are, are so afraid of guns, and I don't really understand why that is. I mean, if, if somebody sees somebody walking around with a concealed carry, and I had this personal experience where uh, the 
person I was with, a Democrat, saw someone with concealed carry, and she went immediately to the proprietor of the uh, place we were and reported this as if it was some horror uh, and some threatening thing. And I think that uh, the one in ten program I proposed is right. that if we try to normalize carrying in public, then maybe that will come down some because I, I, I think it's a cultural thing. People are just afraid of guns, but they don't realize that you have to have guns to protect us from bad guys with right. guns. It's just yeah. has, we have yeah. to be armed. Hey, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, go in there and we ask all the guests, what's, what's your carry gun? What do you carry? What's your everyday carry? Well, I'm average. I, I have the, the average number of guns of any owner, and I think that number is eight, right? <laughs> right, right, right. And so uh, my carry gun is a Colt, um, is a 380 pocket light Mustang. Oh, very nice. And yeah. uh, I love this weapon because it's, it's sort of a mini uh, Colt 1911. Yeah, yeah. And I love the 1911, which yeah. I have, and I, carry, I right. can carry that. But the pocket light is my choice, and I love that weapon. It's beautiful. Very good, very good. Martin, thanks for joining us. Where, where do people follow? Where do people stay in touch and, and, and help you with your run for Congress? Well, my name is Cowan, C-O-W-E-N, for Congress.com. Cowan for Congress.com. I'm on Twitter at ML Cowan, and I have a Facebook page, Cowan for Congress. And, you know, follow me on Twitter, retweet, like. There you go. Folks, thanks for joining us. So stick around. We'll be back after the, after the break. The Keltec PMR30 is no run-of-the-mill 22 Magnum lightweight pistol, not with its unique hybrid blowback system and 30-round magazine. So when you get a rush from that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, brace yourself. There's 29 more. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Hey everyone, this is Mike from Arms Room Radio. Do you have a CERT SIRT laser training pistol? If you don't have a CERT laser training pistol from Next Level Training, then you're wrong and probably ISIS. But you don't have to take my word for it, but you better listen to what Major Bill has to say. This is Major Bill, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio. Do you want to get your daily trigger pulls in? The CERT laser training pistol is how you get your daily trigger pulls in. Get one now at nextleveltraining.com or you're just not a real American. That's nextleveltraining.com. Tell them the guys from Arms Room Radio sent you. America! Thank you for calling Next Level Training. This is Jen. How can I help you today? Hi, Jen. This is Mike. Is this the home of the Next Level Training CERT SIRT training pistol? It sure is. Jen, do you have military discounts? Of course. How about law enforcement discounts? Law enforcement and military always receive 20% off of Next Level Training. Wow, that's awesome. What about if I'm an instructor? We also have specific packages designed exactly for instructors. Jen, what if I want to buy a lot of them all at once? Yeah, we offer volume pricing. Are the CERT pistols made in America? Right here in Washington State. Do the CERT pistols have a warranty? All of our CERT training pistols come with a one-year warranty. How can I purchase one? You can purchase one online anytime at nextleveltraining.com, or you can purchase one over the phone with me. Jen, can you answer one last question for me? Yeah. Will you go to the prom with me? Not a chance. Thanks for calling, though. If you want your very own CERT SIRT training pistol, just go to nextleveltraining.com. That's nextleveltraining.com. And be sure to tell them the guys from Arms Room Radio sent you. 
Hi, this is Mike, and I'm a satisfied client. Do you have an emergency at 2 a.m. and need a lawyer? Max Law Orlando. Hop for DUI? Max Law Orlando. Custody issues? Max Law Orlando. Time for a divorce? Max Law Orlando. Do you provide a product or service but can't afford a lawyer? Max Law Orlando. Do you have a full-service law firm on speed dial? Max Law Orlando. Then these guys can make you a deal. Check them out at MaxLawOrlando.com for all your legal needs. This commercial has been paid for by The Arms Room. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Ideal Concealed Cell Phone Pistol Studios. Got a question for the guys? Well, you can reach them by going to armsroomradio.com. Now, more Arms Room Radio live, coast to coast and around the world, with Mike and the guys and the Ideal Concealed Cell Phone Pistol Studios. The following segment of Arms Room Radio is brought to you by SnagMag, the premier concealed magazine holster. Check them out today at snagmag.com. That's snagmag.com. Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Mobile Ideal Conceal Cell Phone Pistol Studios. We are in uh, Georgia, Georgia, Helen, Georgia, just outside of Helen, Georgia, at the Georgia Carry Convention. And, uh, I, you know, we're... we're have great guest with us, and uh, and and he's uh, him and I have just been looking at some Splitter Custom stuff. So, folks, don't forget who brought bringing this week's show to you, SplitterCustoms.com. So, check them out for all your premier firearms coatings uh, if you need to get them done. So, let me let me bring in our guest, uh, Stephen. You're actually the uh, the guest speaker here at the event as well. But let me bring in uh, 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 Mr. Stephen Gutowski. And everybody, if you don't know who he is, go to the, uh, it's the, the Washington Free Beacon, and, yep. uh, and you can see all of his writings, and, and watch him on TV and C-SPAN and everywhere else. But uh, Stephen, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, so what do you think? This is your first uh, Georgia Carey. Yeah, and I, honestly, I'm super impressed. Uh, you know, I go to a lot of these conventions, and most of them are at, like, airport hotels, right? right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> Where yeah. the view is, like, concrete pavement or whatever. Right, right. And here we are in North, North Georgia at an absolutely gorgeous yeah. uh, resort um, in you know, in the middle of the wilderness in the mountains. And I'm gonna do some zip wiring later. Yeah, <laughs> so nice, very nice. Yep. Um, but uh, so far I'm super impressed. Everyone here is very uh, friendly right. too. I played the poker tournament last night. Right, right. Um, I won, so that was also great. <laughs> right. Um, but everybody's very knowledgeable, uh, which was nice. We had a question and answer yep. session uh, for the life members that that was really great, I thought, because everybody had really uh, interesting questions that were, uh, you know, clearly everyone knew what they were talking about, which which right. is which is nice, which is great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, in my in my role as a reporter, um, especially somebody who deals with a lot of other media um, and trying to you know help guide them or, or give them uh, advice on stories, that you know most people are not as informed as the people here. And right. That, so. It's nice to be in, a, in an area, uh, in a, at a conference where everybody is very up on what's going on and, and uh, uh, very informed. We, uh, we, we've talked about it here on the program before. Like, we'll go out to uh, SHOT Show and you know what your level of, you know, you're going to get there. Is. Sure. You know, you're you're going to get the, uh, the people in the industry that, mm-hmm. that are pretty knowledgeable on the technical side, the aspects yep. of the firearms. Maybe not on, uh, you know, what, what, we, what we talk yeah, about. The you politics. Know, um, then it's you, surprisingly, um, you know, se- segregated, I would right. say. Right. Then we'll go to NRA show and you'll get a lot less technical expertise. You know, they want to know what this is, but, but because they're NRA members, you know, and, and they follow along, they're, they're pretty good on the poli- on the politics yep. side. Uh, um, and then you come to a, a smaller grassroots event like this and it's, 
I mean, you you got you got a room full of a hundred subject matter experts here. Yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, you know, the nature of it, you're going to get more uh, committed people to come to something like this for sure. Um, and that's why it's you know, for someone like me who's uh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, this is what I do for a living right. is talk about this stuff and report on it. It's nice to be surrounded by people who are who like have probably read my latest piece, right, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And are up on what's going on, and even more so on, you know, Georgia's uh, right. situation as well. So, uh, because the state level groups are so important yeah. um, and, and so much more uh, informed and so much more active, I think, than, than any other groups. Yeah. You know, when, when, you're, when you're at a state, working with a state group or talk, speaking with members of this, uh, a state gun rights group like Georgia Carey, um, you know, those people are, are really the key to gun policy in the state, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, this is this great, this group of people here, they, you know, what formed 11 years ago, six of them sitting around 11 years ago, and inside of five years, vastly changed the face of, you know, firearms laws in this yeah. state. It just, yeah, there have been big changes here. Yeah. Uh, huge. I mean, laws that were on the book, Jim Crow laws on the book for 140 years mm. until they came in and said, no more, got with the right people, did the right things, and they're there. Um, hey, listen, we mentioned uh, you, you, what you, uh, your writings this week, that people knew who you are. Let's go there. we got a couple of minutes left. I want to I talk about what you, uh, what you wrote this week. Yeah, certainly. Uh, um, well, so, you know, my, I think the last piece I wrote, and it's obviously been a crazy week. Yeah, very busy. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, everyone, uh, with what, what's happened in, uh, you know, Texas and, and Ohio, the terrible right. tragedies that happened there, the horrible attacks, um, you know, there's been a lot of focus on gun policy. Right. And, because we're in the middle of a uh, primary campaign, there's also been a lot of, uh, pe- lot of talking, a lot yeah. of lot of new positions from uh, the Democratic candidates, um, and a lot of uh, a lot of statements from the president and, and Republican senators as well. Right. And I think the most recent thing I wrote was um, Joe Biden uh, at the Iowa State Caucus, right. uh, or at the Iowa State Fair. Yeah. Um, he had made comments where he said that. Uh, the AR-15 and similar rifles are only their only purpose is killing people, um, and I've you know that's a fairly shocking statement. I think um, I mean you might hear it from some some fairly uh, aggressive gun control people. Right. You know, obviously right. I'm sure gun rights supporters hear sure, this kind yeah. of thing a lot, but coming from the front leader of the Democratic primary, um, I mean it, it's a pretty shocking statement given that AR-15s. Uh, are the most popular rifle in the country. Right, right. There's there's something like the NSSF, National Shooting Sports Foundation, the you know, the industry trade group, right. the one that puts on SHOT Show, they um, estimated, I believe, last year that there's something like 16 million of them in current circulation. Right. So, uh, you know, if, if Joe Biden really believes what he said, like that's pretty, pretty um, shocking thing to say about, um, you know, potentially tens of millions of Americans uh, tens of millions of Americans right, who own right, these guns. Right. Like, I mean, if they're only good for killing people, which obviously we know is not true right. either. It's factually not true. I mean, people use them for all sorts of things. Right. Hunting. Um, yeah, competition shooting. Competition yeah, shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is obviously, by far the most popular rifle for competition shooting. Yep. yep. Uh, three gun, two gun. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and then also, you know, uh, I mean, rain, just plinking is another right. po- very popular thing sure to use an AR-15 for. Yeah. Um, and then home defense as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so these guns aren't, he's clearly saying, oh, these guns are only good for mass shooters. Right. Like, and this is, again, something you hear from very aggressive right. gun control people, but not necessarily something you would expect to hear from 
Joe Biden or the the, yeah. the front runner for the Democratic primary. Joe so. Biden, the guy who wants you to get a shotgun and, uh, and blast it in the air. Yeah, and illegally. People in your yard, right. you know? Yeah, he's, he's telling you to commit crimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah go ahead and sit, yeah, go ahead and shoot off some warning shots and see how <laughs> police respond to that. Yeah. In most, case, in most jurisdictions, they're not going to be happy with no, you. No, absolutely not. Uh, yeah, so he's 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 out there. He's uh he's crazy. He says that he's, he was saying some other things this week. And uh, what do you compare? Uh, he said something about you know poor kids are as smart as white kids. You know, yeah, you know, he had just, that gaff. He's, he's I mean he's a gaff machine, right? Yeah, you know, that's right. his that's his reputation um, forever. But um, but he's also I mean he at the first debate he came out and said I wrote about this as well. Um, I, I, whether or not he's doing these things on purpose, but or not, yeah. like he's just saying things off the cuff, but. At the first debate, he said that all guns, um, except for smart guns, should be uh, banned for sale in the United States. Yeah. And, Correct. you know, as right. I'm sure your yeah. listeners know, smart guns are a theoretical technology. Correct. and There aren't any available for sale in the United States right now. So essentially his position is every gun should be banned for sale. That's, that would be yeah. the effect of it, right? Right, exactly. Um, because there aren't any smart guns available for sale. So if we're going to ban all non-smart guns, that means you're banning all the guns currently available for sale in the United yeah. States. So. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's staked out fairly radical positions on right. this issue. Um, you know, now he, you know, his competitors have, have as well, you know, <laughs> um, a lot of them are out there calling for not just a ban on, uh, AR-15s and some, you know, what they call assault weapons. Um, <clears throat> but also for essentially confiscation a mandatory buyback program, right. like you right. saw in Australia. Um, and so he hasn't done that yet he said he wants to ban them but um and he said they're only good for killing people but he he, he said that um he's not he, he doesn't know of a legal way to to take yep. them from people who already own them so but so that you know warren they've all come out essentially with some form of new um gun control plan in the last week you right. had elizabeth warren today said um she would, uh, you know, repeal the protections for gun manufacturers so, oh, yeah, so that yeah, right, um, right. if someone's a victim of a gun crime, they can sue, uh, sue the, the manufacturers yeah, yeah, and yeah. try to hold them responsible. But uh, so that's fairly right. I mean, that's something they tried to do in the 90s. And that's why we have that's the why bill. we have the law. But, um, you know, so the, the idea was to try and bankrupt them. Basically. Exactly. Exactly. Stephen, we're running up on the clock. How can people follow you? Uh, Twitter at, uh, you know, at Stephen Gutowski or uh, freebeacon.com as well. Thank you for joining us. Uh, hey, folks, listen, um, next hour, you're going to hear uh, last week's rebroadcast of the Eric Tanzi interview. So stick around. we got uh, got more program for you, and we'll be back to the break. And until next week, please exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. If you're not ready, get ready. And if you are ready, stay ready. And remember, keep your head on a swivel. And don't be caught dead in a gun-free zone. See you next hour. Geltec Sub-2000 semi-automatic rifle is sure to arouse your curiosity, not just because it's foldable and adjustable, but because it can take most popular handgun magazines. So in that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, curiosity turns to pure adrenaline. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. 
If you carry concealed, how do you carry your backup magazine? On your belt? Loose in your pocket? Not at all? Snag Mag is the solution. It's the original concealed pocket magazine holster that looks like you're carrying a pocket knife. Concealed in plain sight and designed for a fast reload, you can be confident your backup ammo is exactly where you need it, when you need it. Find your holster today at snagmag.com. That's snagmag.com because there's no such thing as extra ammo. Hey, greetings to all the patriotic Americans. This is Colonel Allen West, and you're listening to Arms Room Radio. And stand at attention when I'm talking. Hey everyone, this is Mike from Arms Room Radio. Do you have a CERT SIRT laser training pistol? If you don't have a CERT laser training pistol from Next Level Training, then you're wrong and probably ISIS. But you don't have to take my word for it, but you better listen to what Major Bill has to say. This is Major Bill, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio. Do you want to get your daily trigger pulls in? The CERT laser training pistol is how you get your daily trigger pulls in. Get one now at nextleveltraining.com or you're just not a real American. That's nextleveltraining.com. Tell them the guys from Arms Room Radio sent you. America! It's Arms Room Radio, live from the Ideal Conceal Cell Phone Pistol Studios, with Mike, Kevin, and Earl, concealed carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear, and more. You'll get it all right here, and you can connect with the guys at armsroomradio.com. Tweet, message, email, snap, or mind meld with them right now. Arms Room Radio is on the air live, coast to coast, and around the world. Now, here's Mike. Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Ideal Conceal a Cell Phone Pistol Studios. My name is Mike. We promise to bring you all things gun, all the gun time. Listen, uh, let me go around the room real quick, introduce my patriots sitting with me today, because, you know, you know, if I don't do that, it's just me sitting here talking to myself. So, you know, let's, let's get... Let's <laughs> we get, wouldn't want that. No, not at all, not at all, not at all. Let's well, get, it is entertaining. You know what? Uh, yeah, you, you, listen, folks, just to let you know, sometimes we'll sit around here, the three of us will sit around, and uh, we'll have a question, we'll have something going on, and, uh, and, and Eric, uh, excuse me, and, and uh, uh, Earl and Kevin will have a... Uh, have some kind of side deal going on to see who could talk the least during the show. <laughs> and uh, I'll look up, not knowing that they're playing games, and go, so what do you think? And they'll go, no, I like it. <laughs> you know, Sounds good. Yes, and just leave you hanging. And, and you got to jump right back into it. So become a pretty <laughs> adept at uh, picking up for them when they drop me like that. So, it's, uh, yeah, turn that 440-yard uh, relay into a 440-yard sprint. That's exactly right. Yeah, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. Oh, but hey, let me go around the room real quick. On my right, the right-hand man, the great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson of Daniel Boone. Please welcome back. His name is Earl. Talk to corporate. Approve memos. Lead a workshop. Remember birthdays. And then every now and then we have to get the producer to turn your mic off so we can get a word in edgewise. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Listen, there's uh, there's some guests that I talk to. There's some guests that uh-huh. you, guys, you guys talk to. And then... Um, I guess there's other guests that none of us talk to. You know? <laughs> just, I wouldn't necessarily yeah. call those guests. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, just leave them on hold. Just leave them on hold. We'll, we'll get right to them. We'll we right like watching them. the light blink. Yeah. Uh, normally, would be sitting on my left would be the courtroom assassin, the legal ninja, maximum effort attorney Kevin Maxwell. Kevin said he had a banquet to go to today. So he's going to be expending maximum effort schmoozing. I'm betting he's wearing a kilt. Yeah, it's entirely possible. When he dresses, I wouldn't put it past. He dresses up, and if it's anything industry related, 
uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a kilt he wears. And uh, like Kevin would say, do you know why it's called a kilt? Because if he was wearing something under it, then it'd be called a skirt. That's right. And if you call it a skirt, then you get kilt. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, that's Kevin's. Uh, so, hey, listen, we got a, we got a really good show coming up for you today. Really big shoe. Really big shoe. Really big shoe. We have, uh, let's, take a, let's take a look at the topic list, shall we? Um, we will definitely be talking to you about the, uh, the, the shooting out at the Garlic Festival in California. Mm-hmm. Um, there's currently, as we sit here watching the news over our shoulder, I see that there's something unfolding in El Paso, Texas. Yes. Um, we'll try and take a look at that, and perhaps by the end of the show, uh, give you something if we can, but you know how that goes. You know, anything that we give you now over something that uh, is unfolding is just going to be purely speculative, and we, and we don't, we don't want to do that. We want to see when we've got some facts. Right. And then we'll let you know. If we get some facts by the end of the show, last segment or two, then we'll talk to you about it. But, and if you don't know about it, uh, you know, from what I'm, from watching the ticker underneath here, it says El Paso shooting uh, uh, 18, 18 shot. So okay. we'll, yeah, s- was, we'll see what uh, that says. What I saw was, you know, took place in a, in a mall in El Paso. Okay. Okay. Um, I know, listen, you know, facts we know is, uh, you know, El, El Paso, 18, border town next to Juarez. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's all I got. That's okay. all I got so far. Um, new mayor there, been there about a year or two. Uh, Republican mayor, previous to that, uh, Democrat administrations. Okay. Um, that, that, that's it. Really got nothing else. I, you got more than I Well, did. you know what? I, I Googled uh, the El Paso city history, and that was the first two sentences. Okay. So that, that's all I got. Uh, we are going to be talking to you about some of the rulings from the ATF, the Alcohol, the Bureau of Alcohol, Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, the BATF, E-A-T-F-E. that one. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. We're going to be talking about them. That's, um, that's kind of a black and white scenario that they're putting out there, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's somebody else that wants to, wants to call it a different color. So we're going to talk to you about some ATF rulings that we're going to, we're going to give to you as well. Um, we, uh, the Florida Attorney General, has, uh, has, uh, she stepped up this week yes. about uh, some firearms-related issues. We're going to be talking about that. Um, you know, this first one... Um, I think I think we'll just wait. I think we'll wait. I think we'll wait. We'll wait till we get Major Bill on the program. Perhaps we'll discuss um, tactical weapons placement alternatives. Should oh we, yes, really that like that? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's okay. a good teaser. Okay. That's yeah, a good tac- teaser. Tactical weapons placements alter- uh-huh. placement alternatives. Um, go ahead, sir. In the home. In the home. In the home. In the home. We will definitely be revisiting our list that we gave you about a month ago, and we had to cut it short. Of items you can and cannot bring on to an aircraft. <laughs> uh, so we will, we will be speaking to you about the things you can bring into carry-on or the things you can check or the things that are just a no-no altogether. Uh, I believe that this story that uh, we're going to discuss is a TSA overreaction. You and I have both seen them. Many, many of you folks out there have seen TSA uh, overreactions. Um, well, you know, that's uh, it's TSA. Yeah, TSA. Yeah. TSA. TSA. It's the security appearance. They want to make you feel safe. They want to make you feel safe. But oh, they, yeah. yeah. You know what? I don't want to bag on them. There's, there's a lot of good people in the TSA. The problem that we've said, and I've worked with them for many, many years, is the problem with TSA is when President Bush uh, W. said, uh, we're creating this new agency, D- TSA, under the new DHS, but we're going to allow those old people to keep their jobs. Do you remember who used to do security at the airport? No. Okay. It was, it was Wackenhut, and it was you oh, know, your yeah, local no. rental securities. Mm-hmm. Um, so the faces stayed... But the uniforms change. <sighs> correct, correct. So, you know, you've got a lot of that legacy people there. Mm. Wonder, there's some wonderful people that were there at that time. There's some wonderful people that were that have become on since then from many other federal agencies. Uh, other federal agencies to, used to rotate through to become the 
what did they call it, the assistant director of law enforcement at each of the airports would be a, a rotating FBI guy, ATF guy, DEA guy, something like that, because they wanted, they wanted experience with federal law enforcement working there. TSA now does that job for the most part on their own, or DHS does with their agents, but for a very long time it was, uh, hey, I used to make uh, you know, $7 an hour, now I'm making 15 and I got a federal, federal uh, benefits package. Woo-hoo. Yeah, so that's, that's a lot of the problem there. It's the, uh, yeah. hey, they don't care, they don't care. Yeah, you, you refuse to send a cowboy hat through the uh, x-ray machine because it's gotten crushed before. Yeah. Requires supervisor. Got to have a supervisor over here. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he's got a blue, he's got an exploding hat. Yeah. I think he's got an exploding can, hat. Can I check it yeah. manually? Sure. Not a problem. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's nothing in here. There's, you check the hat band? Check the hat band. Yeah. Yeah. That's not crazy. Um, hey, listen, we get back next segment, though. It's, uh, you know, segment, two segments, three segments, I don't know, you know, four hours, whatever it takes. Take a segment. Whatever it takes. Um, next segment, we get back. This is a cool story. Uh, well, it's a unique story. It's not cool for, for those involved. Um, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a guy. He's a combat vet. He's a police officer, decorated um, police officer out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, he, he got fired last week. What did he do? Well, I know. You, you, you guess, Earl. Did he, he didn't, no, no. He didn't he, beat, he's, you're making he, like you're beating somebody up. He didn't beat a suspect. No, he didn't do that. Did he arrest the wrong person? He did not arrest the wrong person. No, he's, he's been, a, he's been a, gr- a great person on the job. We've seen that. Ooh. He pulled over the wrong person. No, he didn't pull over the wrong person. He didn't do anything like that. Well, then I guess he didn't give a ticket he, to the wrong person. He owns a, an upcoming successful business uh, that is, a, is an alcohol distillery with it. He's properly licensed, and uh, evidently that's a conflict for the Raleigh police chief. Huh? He's insubordinate. He's insubordinate. It's not even a conflict. What? He's insubordinate. Oh. Yeah. yeah. You, you, need to, you need to quit. So. Oh. Okay. When we get back, we're going to be talking to uh, former officer Eric Tanzi, and uh, you listen to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Ideal Concealed Cell Phone Pistol Studio. Stick around. The Keltec Sub 2000 semi automatic rifle is sure to arouse your curiosity, not just because it's foldable and adjustable, but because it can take most popular handgun magazines. So, in that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, curiosity turns to pure adrenaline. Innovation, performance, Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of GunTech USA. GunTech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, GunTech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, handguards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA. Defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Boundary Oak Distillery. Do you love bourbon? Boundary Oak Distillery. Do you love whiskey? Boundary Oak Distillery. Do you love America? Boundary Oak Distillery. 
then you'll love Boundary Oak Distillery. With names like Patton Armored Diesel, Sinful 69, and Lincoln Straight Bourbon, you can't go wrong. Boundary Oak Distillery. Located in the hills of central Kentucky, Boundary Oak Distillery is the first licensed distillery in Hardin County since Prohibition. Boundary Oak Distillery. Boundary Oak Distillery is a proud supporter of military service members and their families. Boundary Oak Distillery. Learn more today about Boundary Oak Distillery and where you can get some at BoundaryOakDistillery.com. That's BoundaryOakDistillery.com. Boundary Oak Distillery. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says, we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday Night Special, or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, you have the right of choice. You have the right to read books others don't like. You have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. You have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you, you don't need something, tell them. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so that this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425-454-7012. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Ideal Concealed Cell Phone Pistol Studios. If you want to talk to the guys, go to armsroomradio.com and find out how. Arms Room Radio is on the air live, coast to coast and around the world. Now, here's Mike. The following segment of Arms Room Radio is brought to you by Boundary Oak Distillery. Do you like bourbon? Do you like America? Then you'll like Boundary Oak Distillery. Go to BoundaryOakDistillery.com to learn more. Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Ideal Conceal, a cell phone pistol studios. Hey, don't forget, next weekend, we're going to be uh, live, coming to you live from the Georgia Carry Convention in, uh, in Helen, Georgia. That's uh, about an hour, hour and a half northeast of Georgia there. Earl, you've been there. Haven't you been there before in Helen, Georgia? Yes, I have. I've not been there. Big German town, I hear. Big uh, big German facility. Well, uh, big uh, little I mean, town. Like, it's big, like... big on German atmosphere. Oh, okay. There we go. They got, uh, they got the you know, good, uh, Hof, Hofbrauhaus kind of stuff, you know, the beer, beer steins and... Yeah, yeah. They've right. got they've got German beer and food, so all right. So you're, you'll be good. I uh, I may or may not be back after that. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's kind of a thing. So uh, uh-huh. so so you know how it goes. Um, hey, uh, we got we got a caller on the line with this, um, and this is this is um, uh, twofold for me. This is it's a, it's an honor to have him on the line with this. Um, uh, this is uh, this is uh, Eric Tanzi. Eric and I served in Afghanistan together, which seems like a very long time ago now. As I sit here and say that, um, and Eric's been a, a distinguished. A police officer for the past eight years in the city of Raleigh, and and, and uh, until this past week, Eric, when uh, when they decided that um, your service to the country and your service to the city was no longer required. Uh, yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, I uh, was going good up until this week. You uh, you you have let's let's let's, let's set this to the folks. You uh, you started about three years ago. Um, you know what 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 many of us in the in public service are always looking for, looking for that. Uh, What's the job going to be after this? You know, what, what can I do as the side job? Now, for those firemen listening, that happens while you're in the academy, I think, because they got a second job from day one. 
because uh, they only work one every three days. A little shot at my fireman friends there. Um, <laughs> but um, but you you after after four or five you know five years on a department, you uh, you and some of your friends created Instill Distilling. Yeah, yes, sir. Um, yeah, I've always had a huge passion for wine, um, and another one of my veteran uh, brothers who uh, is still currently uh, active duty. Uh, he and I met serving uh, under uh, the special operations community years ago, and and we kind of fell in love with wine and food, food and wine pairings, and they, you know, over twelve years that kind of spawned into spirits, and so it was something that we were always wanting to do. And when I became a police officer, I, I really got serious about uh, my knowledge and I enrolled myself uh, through the Society of Wine Educators and the Gala Wine Academy to achieve the Certified Specialist of Wine exam. And then uh, I got the Level 1 Sommelier diploma knocked out. And then uh, after that, you know, I knew I was going to get into the industry somehow. I really didn't want to leave being a cop. Right. So I knew that I couldn't serve in a restaurant capacity or or anything like that in service as a cop. Um, but then, uh, you know, we had this idea about a craft distillery, and, um, you know, that kind of fit into, to, it kind of would make the way that I could do kind of everything that I love in life. And so that's when we ventured out to do this distillery and put it together three years ago, yep. I remember when you did the, uh, when, you, when you went through all the wine tasting schools and the wine, uh, you know, you became the, the, the taster extraordinaire. We followed, you know, all of us, uh, you know, Friends, you know how it is. You, you, you get on with Facebook and you feel like you don't have to pick up the phone because I know what you do every day. Um, you know, so we, we, all, we all followed along and watched that and we were fascinated because, well, we were soldiers and it's alcohol, so we were fascinated. So, you know, uh, and, um, and, and then, you, again, you started with Instill. Now, you were with the police department there in Raleigh for about five years before this started. Did you keep this a secret from them when you, when you did this? No, 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 absolutely not. Um, you, you know, I've, I've always been a character at the police department. It's just, uh, I have a very loud personality. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think it would be hard pressed to find somebody in the police department that didn't know who I am. Right. Because everybody knows what I'm doing. I'm, I'm very transparent on social media. I'm very transparent in everyday life, life, you know, all the lawyers, uh, you know, would, we, we would be on the stand going through a case. And then when the, when the trial was over, they would be asking me wine questions right afterwards. So, right. I mean, everybody right. knew who I was. Let me, uh, let me say this before you, before you jump in. Let me say this. You, you, you are very open on social media, but if anybody, even your friends, looked at your social media account, even your personal social media account, nobody would have any idea of, of your of military background and definitely your law enforcement. You have followed those rules to the T as far as my, you know, what's, what's my professional life and what's my personal life are separate, and we don't put our police work on there. Yeah, no, I, and, and you know, um, my police, my police life does not help my wine life. Uh, right. People in the people that are drinking wine and beer don't care that you're a cop, and I don't right. think they necessarily care that you're a veteran. So I, I keep all that stuff separate. You right. know, my wine life is my wine life. Yeah, so. yeah. So you uh, you you yeah. start telling the department again. You you got the you got the prosecutors coming to you after after trial and asking you wine questions, and you, so you you let the department know you're you're doing this. You seek their you know advice and counsel. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know just about every. Um, you know, we looked at the we looked at the policy several times. Um, you know, and, and really simply owning a distillery, there, there wasn't anything in policy that said you cannot own. You know, a distillery, and right. you know, we're not out to you know, we're not getting people drunk. You, you can't. You can only do a, a quarter ounce tasting. You know, if, if you go to communion at church, you know, you're 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 taking about an ounce of of communion, right? Right. And, right. and if that's real wine, you're getting an ounce of wine. We can serve a quarter ounce, so you're getting three times as much alcohol. Or three three times as much content right. than you would get at, at my distillery. So there was no like, you know, it's not a place where you can come and get drunk. It's not a place where you can come and, 
make dangerous life decisions. And, you know, our whole brand's not even built around that. Our, our brand motto has always been from the beginning, hard work, family first, and at the end of the night, enjoy a craft beer responsibly. That's always been our motto. So we're not wrapped around or geared up towards uh, poor life decisions or uh, reckless, uh, you know, reckless decisions. So for us, you know, we, there, there's nothing, there's nothing in policy that's being broken. I'm not physically selling you anything. I'm not physically handing you a bottle. I'm not physically serving you any alcohol, right. you know, the owner, there's people in the distillery. I, I do get the tour because I enjoy it. I'm passionate about right. our process and how we do things, but I'm not physically breaking those policies. And so, you know, it was kind of came to the consensus that, well, he's not doing anything wrong. And, and there's other law enforcement officers that, that, that technically handle alcohol and secondary employment. Right. Um, I, I don't really want to call those guys out, but the department's aware of that. And they've always been aware of that because, you know, some of it is done even on police premises and, those things are just kind of ignored, which, you know, I think are have way more litigation than, than anything that, that we're doing. And I'm in a different county as well. I think right, yeah, exactly. Now, let me, let, me, let me walk people through it. For those that have never been on a, a distillery tour before or a, a brewery tour, you know, you, you, you get to go through, you see how it's made, you get to hear, the, you know, the history of it, whatever, whatever the, uh, the, the owners or the you know, employees want you to hear. And then you get to the little tasting center. Some charge for the tasting, some don't charge for the tasting. But you get, just like Eric said, that that little third ounce, that little that little tiny cup, uh, and here's your swig, and that's it. And you're not you're not sitting around at a bar serving you know serving drunks uh, you know a quarter ounce of liquor for twelve hours. You know you you don't keep doing that. This is the taste. Yeah, it's just enough to tick me off. Yeah, there you go, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, and and you know everybody's very excited about this. Um, all the law enforcement officers were, you know, for us the distillery was. It's not only something that the town could be proud of, right. but something that everybody could be a part of. And, you know, the veterans that were following us on social media through various veterans' websites, when they would see us building, you know, it started out as, like, one guy hanging out. And then that one guy started into two guys hanging out. And so almost every weekend or every evening that I posted on social media that I would be there, I mean, veterans and first responders would just show, you know? Right. And, um... And it was so fun, and, and it, uh, it came like a, a sanctuary um, yeah. where people could laugh and have a good time and be a part of this facility. I think a part of social media following has been uh, so crucial to us, and it's been so beneficial to us, is because people really feel like they're a part of our distillery. Um, and so we thought we were doing something, and we still feel like we're doing something very positive for the community. It is. And, and listen, let's, uh, we got about a minute, minute and a half left before we jump into the, the break. It's Instill Distilling. How did you come up with the name Instill Distilling? Well, we came up with Instill Distilling Company just because, um, you know, it's, it's really hard. We didn't really want to play on our veteran status. We didn't want to play on police status. Right. We didn't want to play on our career status. We wanted to come up with something. Like, what are we trying to do with this company? And what we're trying to do is instill a, a blue-collar spirit. We are three guys. We didn't go out and get an investor. We didn't go out and get bank loans. I mean, it's three guys that had a dream. And we literally worked our way through the stream. The, the distilling permit is the hardest permit in the United States to obtain. Yeah. It's very difficult. And it's even more difficult to do it legally. And we can probably say that we went through every step. We didn't do any huge in our backyard. We didn't try to come up with a recipe illegally. You know, we had to go to legal distilleries to do that. Right. And so, uh, you, you know, we're proud to say. So we're trying to instill that spirit back into America, that you don't have to have this crazy loan. You don't have to be... Uh, all the stainless steel and the flash, it just takes hard work every day. And that's, you know, where we came up with instill, trying to instill those values. Eric, just to clarify, 
what what do you uh, distill at Instill Distilleries? You... We distill rum um, and various types of rum, and, and also whiskey is something that we're really passionate about getting into. We just launched two months ago, and okay. uh, unbeknownst to us, our white rum has been flying off the shelves. We haven't even <laughs> been able to keep up with production at this point. So. Excellent, Eric. Let me uh, let me put you on hold for just a second. We got uh, we got break time, folks. It's instilldistilling.com. Go to instilldistilling.com. You could uh, you could see them, learn about the product, and we'll be back with Eric after the break. Me, I started smoking when I was 13. I always thought when the time came, I could quit, no problem. Then at 28, I tried to go cold turkey and I found out how hard it really was. I made it all day without a smoke. <laughs> right until I met up with the guys. But I learned something that night. In fact, every time I tried to quit, and there were more than a few, I learned a little more about what worked and what didn't work for me. And when I realized that I wasn't alone, that most people don't quit on their first or second attempt, I knew there was still hope. Today, I'm an ex-smoker. My only advice is to never, ever give up trying to quit. If you're trying to quit smoking, the American Lung Association is here to help every step of the way. Visit quitterinyou.org for tools, tips, and stories from smokers we've helped to finally quit for good. The American Lung Association. We support the Quitter in You at quitterinyou.org. We all play a role in keeping our community safe. Every day, we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our every day. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when something doesn't seem quite right that it's time to pay attention. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your every day. So protect your every day. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Young men just don't seem to listen to the radio anymore. They're too busy with their earpods and TV games. It's iPods and video games? Whatever. Point is, young men are probably not listening to me right now, but they will listen to you. So I need you to remind them to register with Selective Service when they turn 18. It's an easy way to keep the door open to important benefits like college loans and government jobs. And it's the law. So please, feel free to remind them to go to SSS.gov or any post office to register. I heard that. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Ideal Concealed Cell Phone Pistol Studios. If you want to talk to the guys, go to armsroomradio.com and find out how. Arms Room Radio is on the air live, coast to coast and around the world. Now, here's Earl. This segment of Arms Room Radio is brought to you by GunTech USA. For tactical excellence, check them out online at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. Hey, welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Ideal Conceal Cell Phone Pistol Studios. We want to jump right back in our topic. We just got uh, we got the segment left here with uh, with Mr. Eric Tanzi. Eric is a uh, let's go over this set this reset this for you folks. He's a combat veteran. He's a decorated police officer. Up until this previous week, the Raleigh Police Department fired him because he owns part of a legally licensed new distillery in the state of North Carolina. Is that is that about right, Eric? Yeah, yeah. 
Hey, uh, real quick, you're gonna, uh, your your whole intro going into uh, you know one minute, ten seconds. I feel like I'm uh, feel like I'm back uh, about to jump out of an airplane. Oh. <laughs> ten <laughs> seconds. Right you know what? Yeah, I like. It's funny you say that because uh, when our producer says that, we respond just just the same kind of way. It's a countdown in the, in, the, in the studio here. We do one minute, one minute, and holding one minute. You know, we Stand do it all. Up. Yeah, yeah, we, it's yeah. A, it sounds Look like up. it sounds yeah. just I, like I, it. I get my stomach dropped. I was like, wait a minute, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not jumping up. <laughs> Listen, there was a, I think it was last week in here. You know, I was not paying attention as well as I should have. Somebody said something, and I went to grab for my helmet. I was putting, I was putting my, I was trying to adjust my helmet instead of my headphones. So I, I get it, I get it, <laughs> I get it. Um, hey, yeah, but let's talk instilled distilling for a second before we talk about Raleigh Police Department instilled distilling. Our Earl asked you before we went out. You guys uh, are making rum right now, and, and the white rum. So tell us, tell us about the products you have and the products you envision for the future. Yeah, so uh, right now we have a white rum, and, uh, you know, excitingly, because we didn't get a major investor, a major bank loan, we don't have a lot of debt, so we get a lot of time to spend on the actual product. So we get to wait until we get it right, and that's exciting because we're not under a whole bunch of pressure to pay somebody back. So we've really gotten to um, spend a lot of time perfecting our white rum. Um, uh, we're really excited about our white rum. We were actually sponsoring the Extortion 17 event last night, which was for the 31 Special Operations Soldiers who died in Extortion 17 in Afghanistan. It was right. a wonderful event, but right. they sold out of our Mojito cocktails. Um, of course, all proceeds went back to Extortion 17 families, but uh, Reverie Cocktails sold out of our cocktails uh, in less than an hour and a half, over 100 cocktails made with our rum. So we know our white rum's doing the trick. It goes great in cocktails. Next thing that we're coming out with is our spice rum. Uh, it took us a year and a half, but we were able to acquire the highest-rated cinnamon in the world from the oldest surviving cinnamon clone, which is called uh, Clone 5 Ceylon Cinnamon from Sri Lanka. Wow. So those are kind of the cool things that we get to do with our sommelier wine nerd backgrounds is we get yeah. to make spirits that are more like a wine than a, than a spirit. That's very cool. Any, any plans beyond beyond that into you know the bourbons, the whiskeys, anything like that, or yeah, is, is yeah. rum where it is? Yeah, absolutely. No, we, um, you know, we, we hope to start our whiskey production. I was actually got to sit on the combine with the farmers to harvest the wheat that was going to be used for our, our whiskey. So I'm wow. really excited and passionate about that. Um, right now we're having a production issue just because our white rum is, you know, we're in, I think, 11 different counties right now, and we're having a hard time keeping it on the shelves. Yeah. Uh, so right now we're working uh, 16-hour days, six days a week, but we, we're making plans to, um, to try to squeeze in that whiskey. But we're not going to release that whiskey for a number of years. It's going to sit in an oak barrel. We're going to do it sure. right. We're not... We're not going to take any shortcuts with it. No, you, you've got to. You know, listen, I and mean, that's a, it's a, I know, you know, you know, bourbon is Kentucky and you got whiskeys down there. It was, um, I was up there doing some military stuff last year and uh, we drove into a place in, uh, it was in, North, we were in North Carolina. I'm trying to remember where it was. We found a place that had some old black, bo black bottles of uh, Pappy Van Winkles and we drove, uh, you know, six, 700 miles oh, wow. to go get them. So we, we got two, three cases of them we brought home and uh, we, uh, <laughs> we, we killed half and then we haven't touched the other half since. So. You know, we we get it. <laughs> we exactly right. Um, hey, let's let's talk um, let's talk about Raleigh Police Department for a moment. You know, this this whether it's you know chief administration. This does not sound like uh, executive leadership at the, executive leadership, top leadership that's standing by their officers. From everything that you've told me, from everything that I've seen that you've posted, all of your middle management there. You you know they they seem to be supportive of you. You you went to them ahead of time. All of that occurred, but something's going on at the executive level there that's that says. You know, not not is this a violation of the policy here, but you're insubordinate, and I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, um, and you know, like I said, that yeah, it was such a huge shock um, to me because of the support that we've had 
from the beginning, and then all of a sudden, right before we get the doors open, uh, I'm public enemy number one to a bunch of people I don't know. And, and, you know, I knew everybody at the Raleigh Police Department. I really did. And when I got over to when they started this internal affairs investigation about the distillery, you know, all of a sudden I'm in front of these investigators I've never met, I've never seen before, and I'm being met with extreme hostility extreme hostility and uh you know i even had to break up part of the investigation to, to, to ask him to calm it down a little bit yeah. because i've done nothing wrong i haven't committed a crime here folks i mean right. no moral value violation no ethical violation no legal violation it's simply an interpretation of a policy that we need to discuss as, as gentlemen and uh you know they kind of blew it all out of proportion so i'm not sure what the agenda is um I don't know where the disconnect is, but I've tried to reach out to the chief. I've tried to have these adult conversations to try to, to try to figure this out reasonably. You know, as police officers, we're always taught reasonableness. You know, yes. they preach about reasonable, reasonable. Um, I just feel like this whole thing has been completely unreasonable uh, to the point where you know, I'm probably just as baffled as everybody else is. And, and, you know, everybody else thinks there's more to the story, but there's, there's really not. I mean, it's, it's pretty cut and dry. And is the, you know, the chief or the executive, uh, you know, is there, have any of them have a, Family members that died from alcohol poisoning, DUIs, anything like that that, you know, that might, you know, that, that something seen with alcohol might be just horrible to them? You know, I'm not aware of anything. Of course, everybody has, has their own life stories and their own reasons for doing things, and I, I don't know about those things. I know that, you know, that, I know that the chief's son at one point um, had walked out on a bar tab right. um, and warrants taken out on her, on her son for walking out on that bar tab. As a matter of fact, those uh, those individuals actually served on my squad. I was not a part of that, so I know that you know. I, I was actually I remember making jokes. I mean, I'm glad I wasn't on that yeah, call because yeah, I, I don't yeah. want to. But I, they did get called to internal affairs, and uh, they they didn't get um, formally reprimanded. But the investigation was why they didn't call the chief or somebody else before taking warrants out on her son for walking out on a bar tab. Yeah, why didn't you give me? Why didn't you give me special permission? And I'll, let me let me say this because I don't want. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth at all. I know you're still going through this. They um. The, the chief there, her son has been arrested for, uh, uh, for, for fleeing the scene of an accident, stolen vehicle, a whole bunch of things. And then she, she puts the officers through internal affairs for why didn't they notify her? I don't know, chief, because in the policy, it doesn't say if my son gets arrested, I'm to call you. You know, maybe that's what it says. Um, just so those, those that are out there, uh, you know, that in the law enforcement world or, or ever had a, a boss that they looked up to, this is the kind of boss that she says, um, and you had an officer shot back in January this year, Officer Charles Ainsworth was shot and critically wounded. Um, and she, she was, she was, uh, she, they went after her for not speaking out soon. She said, there were some who quickly wanted me in front of the hospital in a particular time that was not right. We had to consider HIPAA, the law, the facts of the case, and most importantly, the family. Eric, if, if, when we served in the army, when we served, uh, you know, in, in law enforcement, if, if let's, let's go back to the army. If your, if your CO wasn't there, if the boss wasn't there, if the battalion commander wasn't there after you got wounded or shot, did you ever, ever pay attention to anything he ever said ever again? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> no, we didn't care. Listen, if you're not, if you can't be there to support your soldier, support your officer, to support your fireman, support your paramedic, support your garbage man if he gets hit by a truck. If you're not the boss and you don't show up to support him and and, and get him, you know, you want to see him healthy and his family, you know, go make it through this. You're you're a lousy leader and you need to go home. Yeah, sure. We're all looking for uh, we're all looking for backbone. We're all looking for uh, for courage and. Um, you know, that's what we look for in, in leadership. Right now, there's this uh, culture of uh, complaints on police officers, and it's really rampant in, in Raleigh, and it's, you know, it falls under this very broad term of discourteousy. And so any, any citizen that thinks you're discourteous can, can complain on you. And our department 
um, are, are really reprimanding officers to the 10th degree, you know, because a, a citizen felt that you were discourteous. Now, if you're getting a ticket or you've done something wrong, I think it's sometimes natural for folks to feel that you were discourteous because you were stern or you were um, direct with them. And so for no, nobody wants to stand up and say, no, 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 listen, you did something wrong. You got in trouble for it. And this is what happens, you know. But what the funnier part of that is, is I've been in, I have been reprimanded for a discourteous attitude, which was all stemming, I think, you know, because right. of my distillership secretly. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's sad because when I sat in internal affairs, I mean, they were way more discourteous than I've ever been um, in front of any citizen ever. I, I mean, I would never be that direct or that firm or even violate a citizen's rights. It, it sounds like to me, Eric, the, the problem is at the top of this agency. It's not at the bottom where people are creating organizations and creating businesses like, you know, instill, that are instilling pride and everything back in the community. It sounds like the issue is at the top here, and that's what needs to be looked at. It doesn't sound like this is their support for you or at all. It sounds like the morale is low. You've had officers leave. You've had incredible things going on. But, hey, uh, Eric, we are up against the break again. It's instilldistilling.com, instilldistilling.com. We want to stay in touch with you. We want to know more, and we appreciate you coming on the program. Thanks, Mike. You're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from Ideal Concealed Cell Phone Pistol Studios. We'll see you after the break. The Keltec PMR30 is no run-of-the-mill 22 Magnum lightweight pistol, not with its unique hybrid blowback system and 30-round magazine. So when you get a rush from that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, brace yourself. There's 29 more. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Hey everyone, this is Mike from Arms Room Radio. Do you have a CERT SIRT laser training pistol? If you don't have a CERT laser training pistol from Next Level Training, then you're wrong and probably ISIS. But you don't have to take my word for it, but you better listen to what Major Bill has to say. This is Major Bill, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio. Do you want to get your daily trigger pulls in? The CERT laser training pistol is how you get your daily trigger pulls in. Get one now at nextleveltraining.com or you're just not a real American. That's nextleveltraining.com. Tell them the guys from Arms Room Radio sent you. America! Thank you for calling Next Level Training. This is Jen. How can I help you today? Hi, Jen. This is Mike. Is this the home of the Next Level Training CERT SIRT training pistol? It sure is. Jen, do you have military discounts? Of course. How about law enforcement discounts? Law enforcement and military always receive 20% off of Next Level Training. Wow, that's awesome. What about if I'm an instructor? We also have specific packages designed exactly for instructors. Jen, what if I want to buy a lot of them all at once? Yeah, we offer volume pricing. Are the CERT pistols made in America? Right here in Washington State. Do the CERT pistols have a warranty? All of our CERT training pistols come with a one-year warranty. How can I purchase one? You can purchase one online anytime at nextleveltraining.com, or you can purchase one over the phone with me. Jen, can you answer one last question for me? Yeah. Will you go to the prom with me? Not a chance. Thanks for calling, though. If you want your very own CERT SIRT training pistol, just go to nextleveltraining.com. That's nextleveltraining.com. And be sure to tell them the guys from Arms Room Radio sent you. 
Hi, this is Mike, and I'm a satisfied client. Do you have an emergency at 2 a.m. and need a lawyer? Max Law Orlando. Hot for DUI? Max Law Orlando. Custody issues? Max Law Orlando. Time for a divorce? Max Law Orlando. Do you provide a product or service but can't afford a lawyer? Max Law Orlando. Do you have a full-service law firm on speed dial? Max Law Orlando. Then these guys can make you a deal. Check them out at MaxLawOrlando.com for all your legal needs. This commercial has been paid for by The Arms Room. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Ideal Concealed Cell Phone Pistol Studios. Got a question for the guys? Well, you can reach them by going to armsroomradio.com. Now, more Arms Room Radio live, coast to coast and around the world, with Mike and the guys in the Ideal Concealed Cell Phone Pistol Studios. The following segment of Arms Room Radio is brought to you by Snagmag, the premier concealed magazine holster. Check them out today at snagmag.com. That's snagmag.com. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Coming to you live from the Ideal Conceal, a cell phone pistol studios. I want to thank our last guest. He was on uh, the previous two segments here. You know, if, you, if everybody had tuned in, it was uh, Mr. Eric Tanzi. We'd normally be calling him Officer Eric Tanzi, but the Raleigh Police Department decided that um, nope. you know him having a business on the side, a productive, law-abiding business on the side. Yeah, I was going to say a, a legal business. Yeah, 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 was uh, was too much for them. They couldn't deal with that. You know, it, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk to him about it. They said it's because uh, I guess there was a policy that said he distributed or owned, uh, or should be distributed or served alcohol. And uh, he, like he pointed out, uh, what about ministers? What about your priest on the weekend? What about those that drive, uh, you know, limos or, or, or the party buses or the buses and you can have the alcohol in there? Well, um, yeah, uh, mm, uh, we'll, let the, we'll talk to the chief about it. And then the chief said, no, he's fired. He actually got called in hmm. after, on a foot pursuit. They called him in after a foot pursuit and said, and he was still all pumped up from the foot pursuit. And they, and they said, listen, you need to resign or you're going to get fired. Huh? Why? And this went on for a little while and they said, they didn't fire him for violation of this policy, really. You know what they fired him for? Being insubordinate. Insubordinate about what? Because they told him to resign, and he didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> you need to quit. Yeah. I don't want to. All right, you're insubordinate. We're firing you. <laughs> exactly. Huh? And that's what happened. That that's what happened. That doesn't make any sense. And he stood there with his military background and knowledge and said, I'm sorry, I don't recall receiving uh, a, a, a legitimate order. That, uh, what you gave me was uh, illegal, immoral, or unethical. I don't have to follow that order. And they went, oh, now you're being insubordinate with your knowledge. Yeah. So, yeah, how about that? Would you like, how'd, you love, how'd you like a police chief that says, uh, listen, I'm not going to the scene where my officer got shot because I want to send the wrong message. Yeah, the, I mean, when you were talking to Eric about that, you mentioned you know, military and law enforcement background, yep. which I have neither. But me as, as everyday Joe citizen, that's still, her reasoning doesn't make any sense. I mean, she, she brought up, you know, we've got to take in you know, HIPAA and everything. Okay, I understand that's that's patient privacy. And right. I, I get that, but she could simply say one of our officers was injured in whatever police related duty. Yeah, right. Right. We, we wish his or her family the best you know, we wish him him or her the best in their recovery. Our thoughts and prayers are with their family as they go through this hard time. Uh, I mean, like you know, you mentioned you're showing support for one of your employees. You're not giving out details of why, when, where, what happened. You know, I'm not expecting you to 
possibly risk any legalities, whether in the case or anything like that, but you've got to support your people in their actions. And it does not uh, seem as though uh, she's, she's doing that. That's, that's, for, that's for sure. Let's see. Um, you have, um, let's, let's, let's take a look. Let's take a look at something else here. Uh, Raleigh Police Department. If you want to let the Raleigh Police Department know that uh, you you know you think that this is a load of crap, reach out to the Raleigh Police Department. They are. Uh, I mean, let's see, you can Google Raleigh Police Department, but it's RaleighNC.gov/police. RaleighNC.gov/police, and I'll tell you there that the again, their police chief. She's a. What would we call? We would say she's a winner. Oh, she's okay. a she's a real winner. She's a real winner. She's somebody that uh, has not been on the road in a very very long time. Okay. Okay. Uh, administrator, uh, catering to certain aspects of public demand. Mm. Um, I don't know what to say. Uh, you know, so give old uh, Chief Cassandra Deck hyphen Brown, uh, you know, an email and let her know that uh, you know, appreciate uh, removing some of their heroes from the street because you know he followed the law and followed the rules and did everything above and beyond, and yet he's pulled off. This is she, she's a hack, is what she is. She's a hack from the last administration. Role. Can I, did I say it right? Did I say okay. it right? Did I say it right? Yeah. All right. You know, she shows up with her anti-Trump hat on. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know what I'm okay. saying? Okay. Okay. All right. All right. That's what brings us all. Now I'm Bring connecting. Bring it all around to you? Now I'm connecting the dots. Lift, wanted to leave all those facts out because that's, that's, that is purely my opinion, not the opinion of uh, any of the Raleigh police officers or former police officers that we've talked to. That's my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Now that makes sense. Let's uh, let's talk about the uh, the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Agency. Oh yes, the, the, let's the, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Uh, they have a um, they come up with a new policy about um, what do they call it? Non-binary people. Okay, <laughs> non-binary people. That's that does sound that sounds all Babylon Five ish or something. We are Star yeah. Trek: The Next Generation. Mm. We are non-binaries. We are non-binaries. Uh, okay. Um, or when you fill out a form, what are some of the things on a form you have to fill out for an ATF form 4473 when you purchase a firearm? Male, male or female. Male or female. But I'm, but I'm non-binary. I don't care. I'm check, one of the check 20, a box. I'm one of the 2,700 different other acceptable genders. The, the oh, on, let me the, see what it is this week. The let government has required me not to really care which box you check off, but you have to check off a box. Hey, Siri, how many genders are there? <laughs> let's see what we got let's see what we got uh 63 63 genders as of uh, as the first hit and we got 63 genders so <laughs> that's what 63 we're typically oh to describe sexes but there are 63 genders and what's um, the difference between gender and sex I know it's been so long for me too. I don't know. Well, let's see. Um, let's see we, what, we, what we could find out here. Um, it's, oh, that's nice. It's the, it's the rainbow colors of a uh, box of Crayola crayons is what they showed me here. Okay. Um, they're typically two described sex as male and female. That sounds pretty simple and obvious, right? Okay. However, you still need to define by what criteria you define something as male and female. Earl, would you like to define? Would you like to tell me the criteria? Birth. You define male as female. Birth. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Um, pull the front of your pants out. <laughs> you. Uh, you. Uh, you. If it's. Uh, you see this. You're this. If you don't see this, then you're that. You know. Or you should. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do like a sweeping technique to make sure nothing got caught in, in the shorts. You know. But that's. That's. Uh, you one or the other is what you are. Um, but evidently. Um, that's uh, 
that's not right because because we say that um, we're we're wrong and I'm, I'm, there's not a word in this paragraph that I could read to you on the actual radio. <laughs> you know, if you were to tune in for a special podcast edition, I don't know, but this, there's, there's not a word in here I could, uh, if I was Dr. John Adeen, I could not get away with reading these words. You know, oh, wow. They, they are all wow, medical okay. words, but there's way too many of them. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, the ATF. They, they could be read, just not by you. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, okay, yeah. Okay. Not without the, uh, the uh, ATF's cousin, the FCC, you know, <laughs> <laughs> coming to greet us, you know? <laughs> so, uh, the ATF has said, listen. The form says male or female. That's what you get to put, male or female. If you mm-hmm. don't put male or female, let's say you abstain from, uh, from writing male or female. I don't want to put what I am because I'm not either of those. Then you don't get a gun, according yeah, to the ATF. I, I, you know, this may be a new, I think it's, you know, you were saying it's, it's a new policy or something like that. They may have made, you know, made it a new policy, right. but I remember that, you know, over five years ago when I started processing 4473s. I don't remember the specifics, but I've had customers, well, I don't want to check that off. Uh, and, and it may not have been just sex. I don't remember which Yeah, there's a couple like social security number you don't have to. And then the other well, one was ethnicity. So, social was optional. Yeah, 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 I think that was the yeah, biggest ethnicity. one was everybody, you know, kind of hung up on ethnicity. Yeah. And, you know, so I don't want, you know, I'm, I'm not any of those. Yeah. Well, you, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, do a DNA test, yeah. check off which, you know, which one you would like or as many as you would like. Right. Because that's in the rules. Right. You just have to select something. Right. You know, I'm, and if you, if you don't check off the required boxes, as trivial as they may seem, we can't complete this sale. You know, for many years, until they changed the form again, I would select Native American. Uh, yeah, I was born in, in the United States. I was of America, born right so. here in America. Yeah. But then they changed it to, um, uh, uh, was it no, Pacific Islander, uh, Na- Native uh, American Indian? They, you know, they, they changed the words. But I was uh, Native American right here, born right here. You know, yeah, born right here. Makes so, sense to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is like you said, Earl. This is this is about a, choosing the sex. This is for this is for future identification in case the ATF is trying to find you, basically. This is, they don't care about what your preference is. And I would say all the time to people that, um, when filling out this form, you know, they would ask if they were uh, Hispanic or not, like you said, mm-hmm. and, and, and because they, that's when they got into ethnicity. Well, that's still different from sex. This is an identification feature. It's like, how tall are you? Uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm six, five, but I identify as four, two. No, you put what you are, <laughs> you put what you are. So we know when you're running down the street who we're looking for, yeah, you know, that's exactly. It craziness so put down your sacks or don't get your gun that's that's what you get pretty much hey you're listening to arms room radio coming to you live from the ideal concealed cell phone pistol studios we get back from the break uh you know we, we got more show until then exercise your second amendment rights responsibly if you aren't ready get ready and if you are ready stay ready remember keep your head on a swivel the Keltec sub 2000 semi-automatic rifle is sure to arouse your curiosity not just because it's foldable and adjustable, but because it can take most popular handgun magazines. So in that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, curiosity turns to pure adrenaline. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. 
If you carry concealed, how do you carry your backup magazine? On your belt? Loose in your pocket? Not at all? Snag Mag is the solution. It's the original concealed pocket magazine holster that looks like you're carrying a pocket knife. Concealed in plain sight and designed for a fast reload, you can be confident your backup ammo is exactly where you need it, when you need it. Find your holster today at snagmag.com. That's snagmag.com because there's no such thing as extra ammo.